presidents of MIT and Harvard follow suit like the president of um, UPenn and resign? No. Um, I think that um, raising a hypothetical question uh, with the president, uh, Stefanik, the congresswoman, had not found, and the presidents didn't know of any student who ever called for the genocide of Jews. Um, and in the abstract, uh, the case law is quite clear. Famous case called Brandenburg versus Ohio, saying that even advocacy of violence um, is protected speech unless it's imminent likely to cause the violence to ensue. Uh, yeah, the First Amendment, according to the Supreme Court, protects speech that we hate, not just speech that we love. That doesn't mean you applaud that. And it also, I think, shows at least some um, lack of impartiality when uh, we, I think, all would agree that to call for the genocide of any group is horrendous, not just Jews. You call for genocide of Palestinians or Uyghurs, Biafrans, uh, Tutus, it's terrible. I mean, genocide means you're trying to kill people because of you know, their religion, nationality, uh, race, ethnicity. Uh, she just singled out one. It was hypothetical. Uh, and I think that as abhorrent as the speech is, uh, that the best test of the truth is more speech, better speech. Um, not expelling them and trying to create a, an attitude of a pall of orthodoxy, if you will. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of all the associations that led to expulsions and resignations at the time of Joe McCarthy. You know, he had lunch with a communist or uh, even uh, someone like um, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Oppenheimer uh, lost his security clearance. You know, he attended one communist meeting when he was a youth. And we had at that time, you may recall, a very famous newsman, Edward R. Murrow, said, no, that's, that's, we're not going down that road. Uh, when there's actual incitement, harassment, harm, of course, you take action about it. But just ideas in the abstract, uh, yes, in the abstract, we do tolerate ideas that we hate. Uh, Robert, what are your thoughts on the Biden impeachment inquiry gaining traction in the House? I, I think this is the best thing that could happen for Joe Biden. I, I think that what this will do is give an opportunity for the American people to see the abject lunacy of the House of Representatives. Uh, let's understand, they will go nowhere. We have a Democratic Senate. There will never be a removal of President Biden. Uh, once Kevin McCarthy steps down at the end of this year, Republicans will have a two-vote majority. There's a very good chance that they would not even be, even be able to pass, it, or to pass an impeachment resolution. However, what this inquiry will show is just the severe dearth of evidence the Republicans have. It will put on display the clown show they've been running. And when you're having the federal government is about to shut down in January, and then the second half to shut down in February, uh, and you have Republicans running around doing this while the American while Americans are out of jobs or not able to make uh, bill payments, and you have these massive foreign policy issues that have to be dealt, dealt with in Ukraine and Israel, the southern border, uh, etc. I think it's going to show the American people exactly the reason Joe Biden uh, is the stable leader that we need right now. Bruce, I must have you respond <laughs> for the first time on the show. Please. <laughs> well, I surely don't think that impeachment resolution will show that Joe Biden is a stable leader. I think he's been an irresponsible leader. I think he's been very, very weak, uh, at least with regard to his response, you know, to the unfortunate ongoing 
uh, war in Hamas, Israel, Gaza. Uh, he looks, uh, he runs over to to uh, Israel, and he's like Henry the Fourth at Canosa to Netanyahu. He looks very, very, very weak. Um, he's unable to get his policies through on Ukraine. He had his Secretary of Defense, I think Armstrong knows that, brief Congress, say, you know, if you don't give Mr. Biden the money he wants on Ukraine, you know, we're going to have soldiers on the ground fighting in NATO Your fathers, countries. your uncles, your brothers. <laughs> Blood. <laughs> because uh, Putin will be emboldened, attack of all of NATO countries, and clearly threat inflation uh, in order to overcome his lack of ability to convince Congress that really the the fate of democracy in the world uh, lies at, in Ukraine and Kiev. Uh, no, I think Biden is floundering uh, and he looks mummified and the impeachment resolution is not going to help him out. Uh, I think he's his own worst enemy and he doesn't have a crowd around him that has any coherent policy. Inflation's rising. We have carrying costs on the national debt approaching a trillion dollars or more. Uh, so, no, Mr. Biden is not going to be helped. Robert, there is no plan to adopt climate change. The U.N. talks just totally collapse. And this is this is one of the, well, first I want to respond to a couple of things. One, uh, inflation is down 64% from its peak in 2021. We've seen 11 consecutive months from the past of the Inflation Reduction Act of inflation reduction. Employment's at 3.7%. We added 200,000 jobs last month. If you're talking about President Biden, his response to it, uh, to the Israel-Hamas conflict, he's the first president to go to Israel during a time of war to stand up for a wartime ally. And it is House Republicans who are blocking the $15 billion in aid that President Biden has requested to help Israel actually prosecute the war. And when you were talking about this conceptualization of Russia uh, barreling through Ukraine, we've seen new battle plans they have to go directly through Kershaw to take the port of Odessa and then to move into Transnistria, which is part of Moldova, to uh, free, quote-unquote, Russian separatists there. Moldova and Romania will be the next targets in line for Putin if Ukraine falls. This has been part of Putin's plan from the beginning of rebuilding that block to stop the the central, the northern European pathway to have a direct line of invasion for Russia. So there's no fear-mongering here. This is simply a statement of the reality, and Republicans cannot simply wait until the tr- until the tanks are rolling into Romania and Article 5 is triggered to actually uh, find the time to do something about American foreign policy. Imagine President Reagan uh, standing here and looking at Republicans in 2023 saying they don't want to fight uh, fund a fight to stop Russia from expanding eastward. Now on this climate issue, President Biden has made it very clear through the, uh, through the Build Back better bill that America is investing in green energy. However, what we're seeing is uh, globally, we are not taking the issue of climate change seriously. I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly how many scientific papers have to be published, how much research needs to be done, how many islands need to be flooded for the world to take this as a serious issue. But until we do, we're going to continue to see coastlines be destroyed, small nations be completely submerged underneath. And if you're not going, and and I think most importantly, we have to get countries like India and China uh, to do their part on this because China's building more coal power plants than any other part of the world. But if we're not taking this seriously as a global issue, we will all perish together as a global community for corporate profits. Uh, Let me respond in part. First of all, you sound like the domino theory, this threat inflation that suddenly Putin, who's struggling in Ukraine, he's hardly able to keep Chechnya in, in balance. He has very little money. He has to kill the head of Wagner Group because he's on such shaky ground politically, uh, and that he's got a plan to invade all of Western Europe. We have plans probably to invade the whole world 
That's what militaries do. They create plans. Executing them is close to zero. Uh, there's, I think, an absurd inflation of the danger. And they can't make the case on the merits, so they try to invent uh, these catastrophes. It reminds me of the Suez Crisis of 56. The British Prime Minister said if we didn't get rid of Nasser, Western civilization would collapse uh, because he had nationalized the Suez Canal. Uh, so I just think that's an absurd echo of the military-industrial complex that wants to create wars so they get more money, more weapons that they can sell, and uh, keep their 800 military bases abroad. Uh, with regard to the economy, um, it, it, I was talking about the interest rates. You know, I think you're now paying 7 8% on mortgage rates, which people care about, uh, which is a double, triple what it was years ago. Interest, I mean, the inflation is down front. It, it leapt, it leapt up under the watch of Joe Biden, not anyone else. With regard to climate change, I think you're trying to impose, you know, kind of an absolute uh, goal when we have balances at stake. If all of these greenhouse uh, uh, methods of energy were cost efficient, you wouldn't need all of these international uh, conferences and subsidies and government interventions in the marketplace to try to foist uh, green technology on the consumer. Uh, it's trade-off. You cost more, then you have less of money to buy food, have electricity, heat, and all sorts of other things. And the reason why the countries aren't leaping forward to embrace all the green technology, and I suppose you could probably eliminate greenhouse gas emissions if you're willing to spend all of your resources on that and nothing else, is because people have a lot of hardships that they confront. Climate change is just one of them. They suffer from medical problems, they need economic aid, there's food crisis in many places in the world, uh, not because of climate change, but they don't even have the transportation to get to the food the places they need. So I think what we're seeing in regard to the climate issue is just a balance like everything else. One is a trade-off against another, and uh, each country's gonna make its own trade-off. There's not gonna be any international system that's going to cram down a, you know, an international climate change down another country's throat. And we're not going to war to force China to burn less coal. It's not going to happen. China's going to make its own decision. Uh, Robert, in 45 seconds, the state Supreme Court of Texas temporarily brought the abortion procedure, and the lady that was trying to pursue an abortion left the state. Um, do you think that the GOP is still missing out on a very important issue as it relates to women voters across the country? I think they are, and I'm a pro-life voter. I think that there's very much a, a, a way to craft a strategy which is not punitive towards women. I think it has to be a strategy which is just dedicated towards the whole life of the child, provide the resources that we will make abortion uh, obsolete. But what we're creating now is a half the country, which is an abortion half, and half which is a non-abortion half, and it's a non-attainable position for the GOP. This week's episode.